Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Let's talk honesty today. Honesty, we're in week two of a four-week series called The Four H's of Christmas. Last week, we talked honor. This week, we're talking honesty. And so if you're just joining us, make sure you hop in the comment section. Say hello to my wife, Heather. She would love to know that you're here. I would love to know how we can help you. Click the hello tab. That's all this is, is an online connect form. I just love to know who you are and how we can help. And so make sure you do that regardless of where you're joining us from today. We opened up today talking about Romans um, 3.23, which says nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. We've all fell short. We've all dropped the ball. And so our first step in walking in a real, honest relationship with God is owning Romans 3.23, which means we have to essentially say, I can't, because the reality is, is all of us, all of us have fell short. And so a light came on for several of us last week in conversation after service about something that was said in reference to Paul in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Now, Paul is in this time in Ephesians where he just went through essentially, man, anything you can imagine, trials and tribulations, what the Bible says, we would equate, equate that today to, to heck on earth, right? And so then the apostle Paul is telling us how to be spiritually strong because of what he just went through. He doesn't want us to experience what he did. And so I believe we all need spiritual strength right now in this season. I believe it's super important. But the reality is to gain spiritual strength, to gain spiritual strength, we have to be honest. We have to be honest with where we are in our relationship with God. And so then, verse 14, we can just hop right in. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. That's us. Every family in heaven on earth is named. That's us. That according to his riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, which is who you are. So that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend. Let me go back there. That you being rooted and grounded in love. This is, we're talking connection today. We're talking, we're talking really about the honesty of how we are rooted and if we are grounded in this love, may have strength to comprehend all this with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth, which we talked about in communion, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. We dove deep into that last week, and again, you need to go back and hear that message. And so a couple of questions I have for you today that stem from verse 17 is, are you rooted in the truth? Are you rooted in the truth? Or are you rooted in the world? Do you seek the truth? Are you, are you waking up? Or is it when it's a new day outside, the sun's come up, new day's dawn. Am I seeking truth or am I seeking, you know, your favorite news channel? How's your prayer life? Am I in constant conversation with God? Do I talk to God? How's your prayer life? Are you grounded in the gospel? Is it in your heart? Is it in your heart? Does it flow out of you? Or, or, or are those curse words? You know what I'm saying? Like, where are you? Are you anticipating God to work in your life? This is something I ask myself every day. God, where do I need God to work today? It's in my journal. It's my, the last thing I write. Where do I need God to work today? So are you anticipating God to work in your life? Now I have follow-up questions to those. And regardless of your answer, are you rooted in the truth? Do you seek the truth? How's your prayer life? Are you grounded in the gospel? Are you anticipating God to work as this? If all of those are yes, 
Are they yes because of the season that we're in and we're anticipating the coming, the birth of Jesus? Is it because it's Sunday and you know that this is what you should be doing? Or is it because of your relationship with God? That constant connection. That constant connection is what keeps me rooted and keeps me seeking, keeps me praying, keeps me grounded, and keeps me anticipating God working in my life. It's that. Because if you remember before, we can, if you remember, being kingdom-minded, rather, and connected to God is a daily walk. That means it happens 24-7, 365. It's not a one-time decision. It's an everyday decision. And that decision happens before our feet ever hit the floor. We remind ourselves who we are, and we ask ourselves, am I going to honor God today? Am I going to honor God today? It's essentially like accepting the challenge to say, I know all hell's going to break loose in my life today. I know I'm going to have to put up with some ugly people, some mean people, I have to get some, some bad stuff in my Facebook feed or my who cares feed. Um, the, the news is going to say something I don't like. The bank's going to be closed early. Like all of these things are going to happen. Am I going to honor God today in my decisions? And that's what we do. So there's a great analogy from a few weeks ago. I believe it's for us. But before we jump into that analogy, I just want to say we've talked a lot over the past couple weeks, uh, past couple months in a pandemic about where we are, about taking advantage of our uh, about taking advantage of our extra time, about not wasting this pandemic because it could. There's going to be good that comes from it, personal good that comes from it. We talked about how it's affected us. We talked about um, it mattering in our families right? And for our families and how we lead our house. We spent weeks, I actually spent one whole week every day sharing a message on how to remain in your relationship with God. That's on YouTube. You need to get that phenomenal, phenomenal one week series I did. And so today I want to get honest about all of those things and say, how is your connection with God? We value honesty in our house. We value honesty in our church. It starts with Romans 3.23 by understanding, hey, we're all, we're all human. And so how is your connection with God today? Eight months into a pandemic, how is your relationship with God? Here's what I would ask you. Hey, on a scale of one to five, how's your connection with God? I love the one to five because one is poor, five is great, three is eh, four is trending up, two is trending down. It's a great scale. I haven't even fully adopted yet. I wish I would. I'd never remember it. I always ask on a scale of one to 10. And that's just habit. Where are you? Write that number down and circle it. And circle it. I want to challenge you this. If you wrote five, if you write 10, you can always be better, right? You can always seek. We can always have more God, right? The reality is we don't, we don't get more of God. God gets more of us. I never, I'm never going to get more of God. He's going to get more of me. And so we can always give a little bit more of ourselves to God. So here's the analogy. Have you ever been streaming a movie on television? Who cares what it is? Amazon, Netflix, whatever your favorite streaming service is. Um, we, I'm, we're not, we do have, we have both of those, but we borrow those accounts from people who are watching today. And thanks so much. And so in those accounts, have you ever been streaming a movie and it say, it'll just stop. It'll say, check your connection. We have direct TV. Okay. Don't judge me. All right, still got DirecTV, we still have cable. And it'll say, signal's been interrupted. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's fine outside. Like, what are you talking about? My, my signal's been interrupted. 
right? Signal's been interrupted. Back in the day, it used to say, initializing for all of you AOL people. There are still AOL people that I know today. and You guys are staying strong. God bless you. Initializing, dot, 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 dot. Remember that? Or buffering. That was the worst. You got there. We used to wait two to three minutes, three to five minutes. Sometimes you wait seven to 10 minutes to get on the internet. And man, when that initializing was over, it was like, oh, connection. I'm there. Right? And then you would click to do something. It would say what? Buffering, dot, dot, dot. And if we had to wait that long today to use the internet, we would all be crazy, right? Everybody would be losing their minds. And so, so that's what we're talking today. How is your connection? How good is that connection? For being honest, how good our connection is, how good or how we are rooted with God is in Paul, is in what Paul said in Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. That according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant grant you to be strengthened. This is huge. Grant you to be strengthened with his power through his spirit in your inner being. That's who you are. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded, connected in love. Are you rooted in God? I'm asking again. Are you rooted in the truth? Are you rooted in the gospel, the truth? I love saying the gospel. The gospel just... There's power in that. There's power in it. So, and if you are, is that daily? Is that only weekly? Is that Sundays? Is that monthly? Is that one time a month? Or is that one time a year? Christmas is coming. Gonna have to get plugged into church, man. Maybe, Maybe this is your weekend and God's just getting your attention today. And he's saying, hey, more of you. More of you. When do you connect with God? And when do you connect with like-minded people? These are huge questions that we as believers need to answer. Because the truth is when you are not rooted, when you're not grounded, when you're disconnected from God, you're really disconnected from yourself. If you look at Ephesians 3.16, he says that you would be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in your inner being and who you are. And so if you're not connected to God, you're really not connected to yourself because you're a spiritual being first. Here's the thing. It's easy to overlook that. It's one of our biggest downfalls as human beings. Because what? Because we like to assume that our connection to God is automatic. Once say, always say, brother, check. Right? But when you're unhealthy spiritually, you're unhealthy, period. You feel it. And based on how often you connect with God is how quick you're going to recognize it. When you're unhealthy spiritually, you're unhealthy, period. When your connection is not good, you're not doing very good. You're just not. And you want to blame it on NyQuil or the change of the season or the sun's going down or people at work. But the reality is, is you are a spiritual being and you're running on empty spiritually because of the connection, because of the poor connection. So you cannot be the best version of yourself and be disconnected from God. You cannot become a better follower of Jesus without being connected to Jesus. You've got to be connected to the source. You can read all the books and you can do all the tasks and you can go through all the rituals and you can follow all the rules. But if you are disconnected, you're disconnected. That's it. It's why Paul tells in verse 16 that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
We all want that. Man, that sounds great, Paul. Sounds great, Paul. We all want that. And we all need that. What keeps us from it is our inconsistent connection. It's our inconsistent connection. Be honest today. Be honest about your connection to God today. Here's what Jesus says about your connection. It's John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Other versions say, because apart from me, you will do nothing. You will do nothing. Without me meaning what? Disconnected. And nothing is little there. It means nothing. It means everything you do without God is going to be hard. It's going to feel like it's uphill. It's going to be like work. It's going to be like work. And if we're being honest today, that's where a lot of us are in our relationship with God. Well, it's hard. Yeah, it's just hard for me to sit down and read. It's just hard for me to pray. Feels uphill. Man, I just feel like I don't have any time. I don't have any time to do that. Feels like work. Like work. Big point. I didn't highlight this. And it's because of this. We've abandoned our relationship with God. We've abandoned the connection. And we've embraced a religion about Him. We've abandoned the relationship with Him. And we've embraced a religion about Him. But Jesus says this in John 10. 10, He says, I have come so that you may have life and have it to the fullest. He doesn't say, I have come so that you may have religion and have it until you burn out. This is why being rooted in a real relationship with God matters. Because if God isn't in it from the beginning, He won't be in it at all. We love to use this phrase. We love to use this phrase, and we apply this Christian phrase to all of our tasks, but it really works in our relationship too. We must be rooted. We must be grounded, connected to God for God to be in it. Yes, it's true that God will never leave you or forsake you, but you need to understand that if you go alone or if you go outside God's will, you are putting God in a tough spot and he will not honor what is not his will. Meaning, we can't go to him every now and again, connect every now and again and expect a great connection. It's going to be fuzzy. It's going to be buffering. It's going to be initializing because it's inconsistent. Right? When those are coming on the stream, when our connection is broken, what's happened? The feed has become inconsistent and they're waiting to get it back again. So then we can't go every now and again and expect to have a great connection. We can't only ask for help once it's too far gone. Oh, I can't fix this anymore. God, can you fix this? Can you come intervene, please? When, when you went all by yourself to begin with, you went alone. You chose to do this. And now that you're in it, you want God to fix it. Well, what do you... I, how? How? This is the biggest reason. This reason right here. When we go ahead, when we go at it by ourselves, we go alone, we go outside of God's will. This is the biggest reason most of us feel disconnected. And the moment we feel disconnected, what do we feel? We got to do more. I got to do more for God. I got to do more for God. But he never asked you for more religion 
He only asks you for a relationship. He only asks you for constant contact. He never asks you for religion. He's asking and seeking relationship with you. Jesus didn't come in a mechanic's uniform, right? And on his way to heaven, as he ascended to heaven, he didn't, he didn't slip off the robe and throw the mechanic's outfit on. And so he doesn't look like that in heaven, right? He's not a maintenance guy and he's, he's, not, he's not any of those things. He's a savior, right? That's like believing that Jesus wears a tuxedo t-shirt and which says, I'm formal, but I'm here to party. That's not real. I've seen the movie, hilarious. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Jesus is not who you see him as. He's who he is. Savior of the world. And that means he wears whatever uniform is necessary to complete his will in your life. And that uniform, that uniform is a white robe. And all he needs is your willing obedience and for you to walk in love. That's all he needs. This is why we started talking about honor in week one. There's honor to be given. There's respect to be given for a God who gave his son and for a son who gave his life for you. And so you don't, you don't, or you can't put him in the seat of a mechanic or someone who rides along with you to parties. That's not his place. And if you have him there, you need to remove him. Because one, you're sitting in his seat. But we also need to realize that his seat is king. That he sits on the throne. That's his place in our lives. And we need to see him as a king. Because he is. Because he is. And what we need to understand is he wants to be in everything you do. And he wants to be in everything you do for your benefit. For your benefit. Jesus doesn't work in the same energy system as us. So it doesn't cost him anything to be involved in our life. It doesn't cost him anything to be involved in your life. He's already made himself available. His calendar's wide open for you. He's there. It's it. It's that. So then, if we grow spiritually, we must be connected. We must be rooted, grounded. I hope this is coming through clearly so we can be who God has called us to be and who Jesus came to save. So the second thing we must own is this. We cannot have a fake or inconsistent connection with God. We must be rooted. Now, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty serious talk. So let's have a little bit of fun and let's talk about the different type of connections that we've seen. This was in a note from back in 2014. And so this is not, uh, this is not original content, but this is something that needs to be shared because we all know people like this. And, and if you have people like this in your life right now or they might be with you, just be nice to them. Be nice to them. Okay. Because the reality is this, a lot of times, well-meaning and misguided people can cause you to avoid God because of their extreme religious behavior, okay? They have extreme beliefs, and so it's easy for you to see them and be like, whoo, oh, that's not my God, right? And so these types of connections that we're talking about here, although are, are led with great intention, they're not authentic, and they and they, and they tend to be uh, more religious. Okay. And so hang with me. Here are a few. 
Philip the Pharisee, Philip the Pharisee, Philip the Pharisee, big Phil, man. He's rigid. He's narrow-minded. He's legalistic. He has a rule for everything. His favorite word is don't, don't. Jesus called people like Phil the Pharisee blind guides saying, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a net, but you swallow a camel instead. Don't be connected like Phil the Pharisee, okay? Sally self-righteous. Sally self-righteous. Sally has a holier-than-thou attitude. She's super judgmental. Her favorite phrase is, thank God I'm not like you. Thank God I am not like her, right? But Jesus says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Don't be connected like Sally, self-righteous. We got Barry the Bible Thumper. Barry the Bible Thumper. He's an obnoxious and overzealous crusader. He has two favorite phrases, right? And they are this. One, turn or burn. And two, get right or get left. Right? But God's plan for bringing us home to Him is full of love, grace, and sacrifice. So do not, do not be connected like Billy or Barry. <laughs> Barry the Bible Thumper. Paula, the Paula praise hallelujah. Paula praise hallelujah. She speaks only using religious cliches. Everything is either a miracle or the devil did it. Okay, this, those two boxes, everything fits in those two boxes. She kind of puts her brain on the shelf. She doesn't really think anymore. And the reality is, is God doesn't want you to stop thinking. He doesn't want you to stop thinking. He wants you to have the mind of Christ. That's what God wants for you. And so that was fun. Those are obviously some stereotypes of people who have abandoned their relationship with Jesus instead to embrace a religion about him, a fake connection that is rooted in what you do for God, not who he is to you. And so then that's not the connection we're talking about today. And although their belief is strong, regardless of who we're talking about, Philip, Sally, Barry, Paula, although their belief is strong and with great intention, it's incomplete. It's incomplete. And all four of those people need to check their connection because it's not there. It's not there. Remember, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, not religion, and have it to the fullest, not until you burn out. That's John 10, 10. I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest, not, not, I have come that you may have religion until it burns out. Let's wrap up with an example of what it means to be rooted. We're going to turn this thing and show you one of the apostles who did a pretty good job of this from what we can tell, from what we see. And so I want to take a look at Andrew today for just a moment. Andrew, yes. Yes, Andrew. What do you know about Andrew? Nothing, right? Nothing. Um, and you would be surprised that, that I, I talked to several people about Andrew and hardly anybody could tell me anything. And I think it's for a reason. It's for a reason. It's very intentional. So we know that Andrew was a fisherman. We know he was one of the 12 disciples. We know that he was Peter's brother. And the one thing that we can pick up on is he was a disciple of John the Baptist. He was a disciple of John the Baptist before, before he started following Jesus. Andrew's only mentioned 12 times in the entire New Testament. Four of those are simply the list of the apostles. And so you have eight times that, that Andrew makes, makes it into commentary. He comes in early in the Gospels, but plays a super minor role. And his prominence in the list of disciples um, 
And the few glimpses we get of him seem to suggest that he was one of the main apostles, even though he wasn't one of the pillars of the church, right? And so the cool thing is this, the Orthodox referred to Andrew as the first called, and that is true. He was the first called. But you hear way more about Peter than you do Andrew. Andrew was also the first disciple to claim that Jesus was the Messiah. So he was the first called. He was the first to call Jesus the Messiah. As a matter of fact, he was the first person to tell anybody about Jesus on the face of the earth, right? As a matter of fact, the first person, he told his brother Peter. And what's great about it is he lives out what it means to follow the Great Commission before it's even said. And he says, he tells his brother Peter, hey, this is the Messiah. And he takes Peter to him. He takes Peter to him. This is uh, John 1, 35 through 42. Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who, and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon Peter, and tell him, we have found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Why are we talking about Andrew? Andrew. Because we all understand that God chose us first. Chosen, called, connected, all those things. God chose you first. But only one person in all of creation can say that Jesus chose them first. Andrew. Andrew, I find that super, super odd. And so took a little poll this week. To be chose first, what do you have to have? To be chose first, what do you have to have? Well, what, what are we choosing for, right? They have to be good. We know that. They have to be good if we're choosing first. Loyal, willing. I know if I choose him, he's going to say yes, right? Trustworthy, prepared, solid, steady, consistent. Andrew was chose first. In John 1, what did Andrew do with what he had? What did Andrew do with what he had? I can argue today, I'm not going to, I can argue that Andrew had the biggest impact on the world in Christianity today. What did he do with what he did? He shared, he shared with his brother, he took him to Jesus. He told his brother about Jesus, took him to Jesus. Who's his brother? Peter. We all know who Peter is, right? And if you don't, here's the big thing. Jesus left the church to Peter when he ascended to heaven. Does that happen without Andrew? Does that happen without Andrew? He was picked first for a reason. Right? It was who he was. Solid. Steady. Consistent. Loyal. Jesus, when he picked him first, obviously knew that somebody was going to have to tell Peter. Somebody's going to have to tell Peter. So Peter can see, because Peter has what it takes, but he has some growing up to do, right? He has some development to do, and that's what you do as you follow Jesus. You develop and you grow, you learn, you live, and you lead like Jesus. But more importantly, it was going to take somebody with influence and trust with Peter, because Peter was a strong leader. Peter was very bold. He wasn't just going to listen to anybody. I'm sure Peter was the type of guy you couldn't tell anything to that he didn't already know, right? And so God used his brother, who he trusted and influenced with, to say, hey, we found the Messiah with Jesus. Come with me. 
What would Peter do? He went, and that changed his life. It changed everything. It changed everything. You can call it the birth order, or you can call it the plan. Either way, God used Andrew to do something greater than great. And he influenced Peter, who took the church. Right? When you look at the eight instances that Andrew is mentioned in the New Testament, you barely notice him. You barely notice him. No matter the situation, how high the waves crashed, or how slow the walk was, he was solid. He was steady. He was dependable. He was consistent. Peter counted on Andrew. Peter leaned on Andrew. Jesus used Andrew. Called him first. To be like Andrew only takes one thing. Connection to the source. Consistent connection to the source. Andrew was rooted and grounded in the gospel. He was the first called, and he was the first to fulfill the Great Commission. It's Mark 16, 15, right? He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Andrew was the first one to do that. He told his brother. He brought his brother to Jesus. Andrew started with his brother, and that changed the world. It, cha- it really changed how we sit here today. That means... That's what it takes to lead like Jesus, right? This is all it is to mean or to lead like Jesus is to be exactly who Andrew was. This is why we ask, who do you know that's close to you but far from God? Invite them, bring them, share the message with them. Use your influence with them to help them see who God is, right? It can change the world. It can change the world. And if it doesn't change the world, it will at least change their world. Because remember, when you're spiritually unhealthy, you're unhealthy. And so then, who do you know that's close to God? Close to you, far from God. That's why I said, I used to think that I was, that I had to be the next Billy Graham. And I put this in hints. This is when I was way younger, 20 years ago. The reality is there's only ever going to be one Billy Graham. I love Billy Graham stuff. I still love listening to it today. But the reality is that he's going to ever only ever be the, the only one. My responsibility is only to be rooted. So to be rooted, keep my connection. Your responsibility is the same. Be rooted. Keep your connection. If you're being honest, how's your connection today? Can you relate to Andrew? This is not about Advent. This is not about uh, the season. This is about you. This is about your relationship with God and just getting honest in where you are today. Do you relate to one of the characters we talked about earlier? Have you been inconsistent? Do you really want God to work in your life or do you really do you just want to keep him at arm's length where you can do what you need to do? Okay. It's like having it's like having a newborn, all right? Where you can do what you need to do, but just in case you can grab and pull him in. My final point, my final point in your action step today is very simple. It comes from Hebrews 6. 18 through 19 says this, God made it possible for us to take hold of the hope set before us so we can be encouraged because of this hope, because this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This hope, Jesus, is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. 
What does an anchor do? An anchor connects ships to the bed of a sea. Connects them. It prevents drifting due to wind, waves, current. An anchor secures the boat. Locks it in. This is what connection to God looks like. Even though the winds came, right? And the waves crash, there you are, anchored, connected, rooted. Not like the disciples that that scrambled around when the winds came and the waves crashed, right? But anchored, connected, rooted in the gospel, the truth, like Andrew, like Andrew. You ever wonder what Andrew was doing when all the disciples were scrambling frantically on the boat, scooping water out the back because they thought they were going down? You don't read about him in the situation. Why? Why? Because he was Andrew. He trusted. Jesus said to get in the boat. Last time I checked, he's the Messiah. I'm good with that. I'm in the boat. Probably side. Head over his nose, right? Like you guys. Jesus said to get in the boat. Just get in the boat. Just trust it. Trust it. It's all good. Kick back. Relax. Steady. Steady. In that instance, I picture him a lot like he was in Matthew 4 when Jesus told Peter uh, to cast their nets back out. They'd been fishing all night. Peter was tired. He's probably grumpy. He's probably hungry. He's thirsty, dehydrated. Who knows all? And Jesus tells Peter, hey, cast the nets back out. And Peter comes back with an excuse, with a justification, with a complaint. What did Andrew start doing? You don't know. I mean, Jesus said to grab the nets. So what do you think Andrew was doing? He was throwing the nets back out. That's what Jesus said. I trust it. I trust it. He started throwing the nets out again for another catch. Why? Connection. Trust. Belief. He was anchored in his beliefs. He was anchored. He was rooted. He was rooted. You need an anchor for your soul because all of us drift. We all drift. We all tend to drift. Okay, it's not like a here and there. It's a it's a slow, steady, kind of where we are in society and culture today. And we look up. You've all been there. You go to the beach. You fall asleep. You wake up. Your stuff's way over there. You drifted. You drifted. The old floaty will take you on quite a ride. You drift. Why do you drift? Romans 3.23, for we've all fell short. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's squeaky clean. If you left your boat in the middle of Lake St. Clair, okay, unanchored, no matter how calm and how serene the water might seem on the surface, sometimes it looks like a glass top. It's amazing. Unanchored, disconnected, it will inevitably start to drift. Because underneath the surface, even though the surface is clear, underneath the surface, there are currents that are constantly working, operating below the surface. And the same is true in your heart. The same is true in your heart. We might seem fine on the surface, right? You give me enough caffeine, I seem fine. We might have our lives all put together and in order for everybody to see. Our theology might be on point, right? Yet inside of us, inside of all of us, is the undercurrent of sin. It's in there. 
And because it's there, we have a tendency to drift away, prone to wander, prone to leave. It's who we are. No one unanchored and disconnected drifts toward Jesus. Only away from Him. This is why we need to be anchored. This is why we need to get honest with who we are and who we are in our relationship with God, who God is to us. This is why we stay connected, rooted. Because if we are not, then we will surely drift away. And so today the question is, where are you honestly in your relationship with God? The truth. The truth, if we really know ourselves, if you know yourself at all, then you know you must be anchored to the source. You've got to be connected to the source. And we also know that we never pull anchor. We never break the connection for any reason because the only reason we stay steady is because of that connection. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.